Hello, everyone, and welcome to my Papa's podcast, Celebrating the Word with Dean Caldwell Ministries. Hello, everyone. We want to welcome you today to Elevating the Word. This is a Bible study intended to increase your faith, increase your knowledge of God so you can walk closer to the Lord and have a relationship with God like you've never had before. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the podcast today. We are so glad that you have joined us. Uh, just real quick up front, if you'd like to give towards Brother Dean's ministry or towards the podcast to help further uh, its reach, you can do that by clicking on the links below. There's uh, Venmo and Cash App, and then also if you want to send things through the mail, you can do that as well. Um, also, we have Facebook and YouTube. Head on over to those platforms under Dean Caldwell Ministries. Like, subscribe, follow, hit the notification button to stay up with all things Brother Dean is doing. Uh, then lastly, we have the email. If you have any questions or um, any questions or uh, any prayer requests, send them over to elevatingtheword at outlook.com. Again, that is elevatingtheword at outlook.com. So with all that out of, out of the way, Brother Dean is practically dancing over here. He's antsy to get to the subject that we're going to be talking about, which is going to be continuing on in the end times thing. So Brother Dean, kick us off. All right, Rob, we're going to continue today with um, uh, the tribulation period, and I'd like to uh, explain scripturally as to why there will be a tribulation period. What is that all about, and what are we uh, looking for? Because I know there's a new converts out there that's listening to this podcast, and um, a lot of questions come out of that because of just not able to understand mm-hmm of why there's going to be such a thing as the wrath of God poured out on this planet Earth. Well, number one, we're going to go back, and while we're going to go back and explain a little bit here, you can be getting your Bible ready, and we'll be back in Revelation chapter 5, and hopefully we'll have this part um, wound up, and then maybe next week we'll start in on some of the judgments Mm -hmm. that's going to take place during the tribulation period and kind of give an overview as to what's going to transpire on this planet earth. Mm -hmm. So number one, God placed man here on this earth for the sole purpose of serving God. That was the sole purpose. And you know, that's explained for us in uh, the book of Ecclesiastes Mm -hmm. chapter 12, that we were born to serve the Lord, Mm -hmm. but because of sin, And because of the failure of mankind, the enemy of our soul, of course, we all understand that, that he was kicked out of heaven because of his revolt and his rebellion against God. And he so craved worship that he came down to this earth and where Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden, he deceived through deception Eve. Now, Adam was not deceived. The Word of God gives us that insight. I believe that's... um, 1 Timothy 2.14 said Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. So Adam and Eve sinned willfully, mm-hmm. uh, or Adam sinned willfully. Eve was, her sin was by deception. Mm-hmm. And uh, man fell from the original creation that God had created him. And from that point on, man began to digress from the place that God originally created him. To the point 
that in Genesis chapter 6, now uh, there's a lot of time lapse there, but in Genesis chapter number 6, God told Noah to build an ark that he was going to flood this earth and destroy mankind, and he did. All but eight people restarted the human race from the eight people that God spared with origination of the original uh, image that God had made and put in man. And then man has, from that point on, the population of the world, it just seems like man is easily deceived Mm -hmm. and he goes against the creator, the creator. So God gave us some time scale on this planet Earth for us to prepare for eternity. And I've made this statement a lot, Rob, but I I think about it quite often because in Titus chapter 1 and verse number 2, he said, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, our eternal reward for serving God is not heaven. I know that's preached and taught a lot, man. You serve God, you're going to gain heaven. Well, there is a heaven. God does live there, but the Bible also speaks about the heavens and the earth pass away. But our eternal reward for serving Jesus Christ in this life is him giving us the gift of everlasting life. That's the gift he promised to us in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So the Lord has promised us everlasting life if we serve him, if we give him our heart and our life, we accept him as the savior of our soul. He has promised us everlasting life. Mm -hmm. And that means exactly what it says, everlasting life, which means we are going to live forever in eternity. But when we get into the whole point of this, at the end of time, at the end of time, and let me say this, there will come a time, mm-hmm. and I, that's not just a play on words, but it yeah. is a, a time when God will send an angel, and he will stand with one foot on land and one foot on sea and declare that time will be no more. Mm. So, But before that, you and I live in time. We're in time and we live in time, and so, but there's coming uh, a, a time when we leave time and go into the everlasting. That is Jesus' promise to us. So at the end of this age, and we're going to get to that at the end of this mm-hmm. podcast, as to how time has been divided, well, we can wrap our mind around that and understand some things, but at the end of time, before uh, we step into uh, the time that the the earth has no more time. It will be eternal at that point. There's a period of time, a seven-year period of time, that God is going to send judgment on this earth because of the sin and rebellion against God. Now, the devil is going to have an antichrist, and I don't know if we have covered this in podcasts in the past, but I've preached it many times. There is a satanic trinity. There is a a Satan. Mm -hmm. There's an antichrist. And then there is a false prophet. Yes. And so 
those guys are going to be so deceitful and under the influence of Satan that they're going to rise and they're going to be against God with everything God has. But God created this world. It belongs to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Psalms 24 and verse 1 said, The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. And man, being deceived by the enemy of his soul, has tried to take it all over. And uh, you can see what a mess man makes Mm -hmm. with this world and, and what we have going on, especially in this day and time. People hate each other. They fight. They kill, they rob, they steal, and uh, without even thinking that their life is going to come to a close at some time, even if you live a a ripe old age of 100, you're going to die. Eventually, you're going to die, and you're going to face eternity. Well, God is going to reclaim this. He will reclaim this earth one more time with peace and righteousness. That is a promise to us from the word of God. But as we go into this, there is a time in the book of Revelation that God speaks of just before the tribulation period starts. And that's where we want to come to today because the tribulation period is the wrath of God being poured out on this earth before he reclaims this earth as his own Reclaim when I say now somebody said, Well he never lost it. He never lost it at all, but he is going to take care of the Antichrist issue, the false prophet issue, and the sin issue that is predominantly in rule on this earth. And he will set a kingdom up yeah. according to Revelation twenty for a thousand years of peace and righteousness. I don't know if we get to that part today or not, but here's what he said in Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 1. Now, this is the chapter leading up to the tribulation period when God is going to open up and uh, the vials, the seals, and the trumps and release his wrath on this planet earth to judge the sin issue. But in chapter 5 of Revelation, he said in verse 1, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, that's God sitting on the throne, a book written within and on the backside and sealed with seven seals. Now he said, I saw a book written within and and on the backside and it's sealed up with seven seals. It contains the revelation of what God's determination are determined for the future course of the world and mankind. That's what is housed in that book. But then there is a lot of drama that goes on. And he said in verse number two, and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy? to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. Now, when you get to this part, this part also ties in with the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, chapter 12 and verse number four, Daniel sees a book and he sees some terrible things there. And God said, don't write about that. Seal it up until the end, until the end. So now then, You're coming to the end of this thing, and there's a book that's sealed. 
Hmm. It is sealed. This is the same book that Daniel saw, and he sealed it because him sealing the book is probably two, three, four, maybe uh, 4,000 years, three to 4,000 years before this is going to transpire. So now then, John sees the book, and no man in heaven, verse 3, or on earth, neither under the earth, was able to look open the book and to look thereon. And then he said, I wept much. The book contains the complete prophecies of the last seven years of God dealing with Israel in their relationship with God, Israel's persecution, Israel's deliverance, Israel's salvation, and the restoration of Israel. Now, listen to me. This is why we're seeing Israel is playing a vital part in this last day. And that's why I believe we can be safe in saying we're moving in the last of the last days. God has made some promises to Israel and he's and he is going to keep those promises according to his scripture and according to the word of God. There is some prophecy for us in the scripture that is given some things that I think is just going to happen in a very, very powerful way because the Lord just simply says some things that I think is so wonderfully laid out for us. In the Old Testament, there's prophecies concerning Israel. There's prophecies concerning the last days of time. There's prophecies concerning Israel in every aspect. And I, I'm just sitting here flipping through my Bible and, and looking at all the things that God said and what God has put on in his word concerning Israel. Page after page, I've got them underlined here of what God says to uh, the prophecies concerning the Israelite people. So the seven years that God speaks about in this prophetic point, the book contains the complete prophecies of the last seven years. And it's in the form of seven seals, seven trumps, and seven vows. And each one of them plays a different part in the judgment realm. And so uh, one of the first things that you're going to read about is the seals there in chapter number six, and we're not going to go there right now. But the book in the right hand of God signified his divine authority, his divine power, and his victory. The book was in the right hand of God. That, that signifies his power. It signifies divine authority. The seals have to be open, meaning the wrath of God has not been uh, started yet until the seals are open. So all up to this point, up to this point, this is why I continue to contend there's got to be a translation of the church out of here because when you get to chapter 5, the book, they're weeping because of that, and the books contain the wrath of God, the judgments of God that he's going to pour out on this earth, which means they had not been turned loose at that point, and they're waiting for uh, someone to take and uh, take the, the, the advantage of this, but nobody in heaven and earth was worthy to open the book. It was written within and on the backside, which represents the fullness 
of God's judgment, which means it's going to be full. Mm-hmm. It's going to be full. Now, the 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 seal, the, it said it's sealed with seven seals of God, which is the word seal there, and the Greek means stamps. The seven stamps of God, God's stamp, that it, that no one can bring the judgment of God except the one who is worthy, who mm-hmm. is worthy. And of course, we know reading on down, that was Jesus. Yeah. He was worthy, and he was worthy because he came from heaven to this earth to pay the price, to pay the total price for mankind to be saved and to be redeemed. So if Jesus came to save us and to redeem us, from what? From sin and from the wrath to come. And, you know, this mm. is in the word of God. In First Thessalonians 5 and verse 9, said, We're not appointed unto wrath, but to obtain salvation. Then he said, The seven seals gives the complete overall picture of the seven-year tribulation period. A period on earth, it begins with the false peace by the Antichrist. It will be followed by wars. It will be followed by famine, and it will be followed by death. And as you get into the book of Revelation, you will soon realize you don't want to be here during that time. I've heard people make this statement, well, I'm going to get ready for uh, the wrath of God to fall and uh, man, water's going to turn to blood, means the fish is going to die, sun's going to scorch the earth, the, the grass of the field's going to wither, the trees is going to die. Where are you going to eat? Where are you going to go? What, what, how are you going to deal with these issues that God said he's bringing up on this earth for the sin, for the sin of mankind? But then the cry is given, who is worthy? One of the elders in verse number five, said, Weep not, because the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals. Of course, that line of the tribe of Judah was Jesus, the root of David, was Jesus. He has prevailed to open the book. He said, Who's worthy to open the book? Uh, the worthiness is a demand in order to open the book. Not just anybody could turn the judgments of God loose on this earth, but Mm -hmm. the one who paid the price to deliver people from the judgments of God Mm. is the one that stepped forth to take the book out of the right hand of God that sat on the throne. And so Jesus steps up and he is going to release the judgment and wrath of God. And this, this is also called uh, 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 the book of God's vengeance, the book of God's vengeance. And when you read that, I'm just going to give you these scriptures. I don't know if I'm, uh, uh, quote any of these or not, but it is called the book of God's vengeance. It's in Isaiah chapter 34, verse number eight. It's also in the book of Isaiah chapter 35 and verse number four and Luke chapter 21 and verse 22. Uh, let, let me turn over there and read that in, in the book of Luke chapter 21 and verse number 22, because there's just some things here that I think we need to really, really understand of what's going to happen. Luke 21 and verse number 22, he said, these, for these be the days of vengeance 
and all things which are written may be fulfilled. And so vengeance, the vengeance of God, keep that right. I heard a guy say this a few years ago, the tribulation period was not the wrath of God. The word of God says it is. It Mm -hmm. says it is the vengeance of God. It is the vengeance of God being poured out on this earth. It's also in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. But the scripture said that John wept because only through the opening of the book and the loosening of the seals would permit the judgment of God to destroy the Antichrist, to destroy Satan and his rule and power. If Satan was permitted to continue to rule the world in sin, it would prevent God from fulfilling his prophecies to restore Israel, setting up his kingdom, and mankind would forever be enslaved by sin. There's got to be a tribulation period from God, the vengeance of God taken upon sin, the cause of sin, and those that commit evil against God. You know, when you look at all this, it is kind of a shakening thing in your spirit to understand what is going to transpire. And what I'm trying to get across here, there's got to be a judgment, a judgment of God, because God is a holy God, and he will be pushed only so far. Mm -hmm. And then when he's pushed so far, but God has put a time limit on this as well, when this is going to transpire. Time is divided three different times in the Word of God in 2,000-year periods of time. Now, 2 Peter chapter 3, let me think. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8, he said, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. One day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. That's also repeated in the book of Psalms as well. What does he say? One day to us is a, as a thousand years to God. Now, let me show you where I'm coming from. The first 2,000 years on this planet Earth was from creation to Abraham. That was the first 2,000-year period of time. The second 2,000-year period of time was from Abraham to the cross, which would have been 4,000 years from creation. Remember, creation to Abraham is 2,000 years. From Abraham to the cross is 2,000 years. And from the cross up to the millennial reign of Christ is another 2,000 years of time. Now, this also matches the seven days of creation. That's the reason Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 said, One day at the Lord's thousand years, thousand years is one day. If you will remember in the book of Genesis chapter 1, God created this earth, everything on it, including mankind, in six days' time. Mm-hmm. And the seventh day, God took a rest. And then it starts all over again, the first day of the week, and it goes to the Sabbath. And we've been repeating that for uh, several thousand years now of time, and that is uh, the evening and the morning. Now, I've heard this argued a lot that said, well, could that have been when God created this earth? Did it take him 7,000 years to create it all? No, 
It was all put together in Genesis 1 in seven 24-hour period times. And here's why I believe that. Every day that God created something or spoke something into existence, he makes this statement, the evening and the morning were the first day. Every day has an evening and a morning in it. Every day has an evening and a morning in it. Why did it start with evening? Because God brings light out of darkness. This earth started in darkness, and the first thing God asked for was light. Hmm. So he said the evening, which is darkness, and the morning is the first day. Evening and morning is the second day. But it is comparable to a thousand years of our time. Now watch what I'm saying here. Day one, God said, let there be light. That's in Genesis 1, verses 1 through 3. God said, Mm -hmm. let there be light. But now then, it wasn't until day four that God called for a sun and a moon. And Let me think where that's at because someone will probably call me on that. That's in Genesis 1 and uh, verse uh, 16. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, there's your sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, there's your moon, and God made stars also. That's verse 16. Verse 19 said the evening and the morning were the fourth day. God made a sun and moon on day four. Day one, he called for light. What does that mean? Comparable to time. Comparable to time. On the fourth day, the evening and the morning, considering a day, God made a sun and a moon. But 4,000 years from that creation, God put the Son of God on this planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Jesus was born on this Earth 4,000 years after God said, let there be light. So now then, you're getting a picture here. You're getting a picture of this that the first 4,000 years on this planet Earth was prophecy of Jesus coming into the Earth. Now then, when you read in Genesis chapter 1, he said, well, let me just read that, all right? I'll just go ahead and read that, starting in verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the Earth, and the Earth was without form and void, Darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God, now watch this, the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. The evening and the morning were the first day. Here is something that is wonderfully said here. This earth was covered with water. He said the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. It's amazing that in John 8 and verse 12, Jesus made the statement, I am the light of the world. He that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. It's amazing. St. John 1 and verse 5 said the light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Wow. 
Jesus was that light. Yes. The first four days is the consideration of the first 4,000 years of prophecy of Christ coming into the world. And for on day four, God made a sun and a moon. And on 4,000 years from the time God said, let there be light, he put his son, the son, Jesus Christ, on this planet Earth. Now, let me just dig into this just a little bit of time here because You've got that. You've got it. Let me go back over this again on the on the division of this, of how God divided time. The first period of time, two thousand years. The first two thousand years was from creation to Abraham. The second two thousand years from Abraham to the cross. The third two thousand years was from the cross to the millennial. Mm-hmm. The millennial. Now watch this. There was seven days. Six days. God made everything, but on the seventh day, he rested. Isn't it ironic that the millennial reign is 1,000 years of time? That's in Revelation chapter 20, 1,000 years of time. One day at the Lord's 1,000 years, 1,000 years as one day. But it is a time of rest on this planet Earth where Jesus will reign. I know there's people preaching that them thousand years done already taking place, or there's even some preaching and teaching now that we're in the thousand years millennial reign. I just mm-hmm. got a couple questions to ask. When has there been a time that the thousand years reign said Christ will rule on this earth with his saints? Mm-hmm. He will rule on this earth with his saints. And from Jerusalem, that's in the book of Zechariah. Yeah. And the devil will be bound a thousand years. Well, I've not found that to be so. Mm-mm. I fight the devil every day of my life. Every demon of hell comes against the things of God and the plan of God. So that is to come. It's a thousand years, which means 2,000 from creation to Abraham, 2,000 from Abraham to the cross, 2,000 from the cross to the millennial. That's 6,000 years. Mm-hmm. And then the millennial reign makes 7,000 years which will coincide with the seven days of creation. Mm. And then we go into what is called a new heaven and a new earth. Wow, could I preach on that a while? There's just so much that's tied up in that one thing there. But And just a reminder, I'll put uh, all the end time things that you've done prior, the end time uh, series that you did and a couple other podcast down in the show notes for people to go back for references. They can go back and click on those links yes, uh, for references so you they can get a more base understanding of what you're talking about here. Yes. We'll, uh, or I say we, you put that on there. And I'm going to make you do it this there time. There you go. Well, it probably won't get done <laughs> if I have to do it because I don't even know how. <laughs> but I want to go to the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter number six and verse number two. Now look at what Hosea says here. Now keep in mind, when Jesus sat on Mount Olive and made this statement, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered you together as a hen gathered her chicken under her wing, but you would not. Mm-hmm. And he said, I leave unto you your house desolate. The message turned to the Gentiles at that time. I know there's people that preach a, re- a replacement a theory, but uh, Israel is still God's people. Yes. They're still God's nation. They yes. are the end time sign that the Bible speaks about when you see these things come to pass. Mm-hmm. Lift up your head. Your redemption draws nigh. But the message came to the Gentiles 
for the last 2,000 years of time. Mm-hmm. Listen to me what Hosea says in Hosea chapter 6 and verse 2. After two days, he will revive us, and the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Mm. Hosea talks about two days representing 2,000 years, and then the third day, he's speaking of the millennial reign here, he said, we will rise up and live in his sight. Wow. Wow. Mm. the restoration of Israel. But let me point something out here before we get uh, too deep in this on this podcast here. When Jesus, now remember, Jesus came to the Israelite people, and, uh, and whenever he came to the Israelite people, he, he said that I'm sent to the lost sheep of Israel. He said, I'm lost house of Israel. And then he told one lady, I, I can't take bread from the children and give it to dogs. And mm-hmm. so Jesus did. He came for them, but he visited. He visited the Gentiles. And here's what's so ironic about when he visited the Gentiles, he never stayed more than two days. Mm-hmm. Never stayed more than two days. Let me point that out. In John, St. John chapter 1, and verse 35, and again the next day after, now notice the next day after, John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. Look in verse 43. He said this. He said, and the day following, Jesus would go forth unto Galilee and find Philip, and he saith unto him, follow me. Two days. There's two days right there that Jesus visited the Gentiles. Now, John chapter 4, St. John chapter 4 and verse 40. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. Mm Any time Jesus visited anybody outside the ranks of the Jewish people, he never stayed more than two days. So we are living in the 2,000-year period of time that is often referred to as the time of the Gentiles. The time of the Gentiles would be fulfilled according to the word of God. Now then, go with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 21. Luke puts this down pretty well here. Luke 21 and verse number 24, here's what he said. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive unto all nations in Jerusalem, shall be trodden down under the Gentiles, listen to this, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Mm. The message of Christ has come to the Gentile, the Gentile people, the Gentile people. Mm. But during the tribulation period, the Jews are going to come back to Christ. They're going to see who Christ really is and accept him as Lord and Savior. So the tribulation period is actually given to judge sin and to restore Israel. Mm. And it's going to take the vengeance of God on this earth for the Israelite people to see who Christ really is. Mm. So you and I can rejoice in the fact that we are included. We are included in the church of the living God. That's not a denomination. 
That is a faith-believing people. The word church means a group of called-out ones. Mm. And so when we talk about the church of the living God, we're talking about a group of called-out people. Well, Rob, we I think we've explained today of why the tribulation period is going to come on this earth and what it's all about and where we fit into this thing as well. But what we're looking for with anticipation is a trumpet to sound. Yes, amen. I'm looking for that. I am yes. looking with expectation for Jesus to come and to deliver his people, his amen. people, amen. from the judgments that are going to come, from the wrath of God. Amen. Well, yes, we are looking. Our eyes are upward and our ears are open to hear that trumpet, and we pray that you are in the same place today. And if not, it's just as simple as making Jesus Lord of your life. Yes. At the end of the day, we want to hear, well, good, well, <laughs> well done, my good and faithful servant. Yes. Servant. We are here, just like Brother Dean said earlier, we are here to serve God. And if you're serving him, you you belong in his family. So we pray that, you're in, that this encouraged you today and that you have a great week. And God bless. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast this week. We pray it was a blessing to you. We pray that it encouraged you, that you were elevated in the word. Don't forget to check out Dean Caldwell Ministries on Facebook to keep up with all things that Brother Dean uh, is doing. You guys have a great rest of your week and God bless.